HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Cane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit cane5.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. It's 1 p.m. on Monday afternoon. I'm in a shipping container in the backyard of Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And that really means one thing. That means it's time for Tech Bites, the Heritage Radio Network show that talks about the intersection of food and technology. And by technology, I mean the Internet, social media, apps, and digital. I do not mean Alinea, Grant Ackett's immersion circulators, and calcium alginates. Today, we have a jam-packed studio. We have lots of people. We're using all the mics and all the headphones. The first thing I like to do is introduce everyone so we can match the names to the faces. Today we have Helen Cho, who is with 0.0. Hello. Thank you. Coming a little bit closer, a <laughs> little bit closer. She brought one of her conspirators, Danny Carnaki. Can you pronounce your last name? Yeah, for me? it's Carnaki. 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 Yeah, silent yes. J. Yeah, I would have not gotten that right. <laughs> it's okay. No one really does. So. <laughs> And then from Momofuku land, we have Marguerite Mariscal. Hello. It's, it's radio, so the only way people know you're here is if you talk. She's waving. <laughs> and she brought along also Rebecca Palovics. Uh, Palkovics, yeah. Pa- Hi. Hi. Thank you, Palkovics. They're sharing a mic, so they're going to be dueling back and forth. And today, in the booth in the back, we have the people who are super important because they're the ones who have all the technology to put this into the web and podcasting arenas. Standing in today for Jack, we have Liz. We can't hear you. There we go. Declan. Yes, this is me, Declan. This isn't Liz. I figured out the problem. Okay. Was it a headphone thing? No, the sampler wasn't uh, turned on. It didn't have a live 
it wasn't triggered. So Okay, so Declan pulled the trigger. Excellent. You see how I, I say it at the top of every show, the people in the booth are the most important people, and he just proved me right. <laughs> so the first thing we do on Tech Bytes, I still actually can't hear in my headphones, so let me turn these up. Is that better? I can hear you fine. You yeah. can hear me fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. The first thing we do at the top of Tech Bytes is we start every show like a good meal with an appetizer, and that's when we go around the room, and everybody talks about an app that they like love have just discovered old faithful so let's start with helen Cho. all right so this is gonna be really nerdy but i was thinking about this one and i think uh it's a tech show so we're really embracing the nerd here yeah Yeah. it's slack um i think danny knew that was coming but uh it's something that we recently adopted at zpz um it's kind of like a form of internal communications so it's like, it's like kind of like AOL chat roomy, but with work and topics. I don't know. It's it's amazing. I think for you know, our company's grown a lot in the past couple of years, and communication has always been a thing that you know we want to try to be better at. And this thing has kind of been a savior. Now that we have an office in Bozeman, Montana, it's like to communicate. Bozeman, Montana. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Um, but it's been great because we have a social media manager out there. So, you know, it's so much easier to check in and be on the same page with this um, app, Slack. Slack, and it's free. It's, it's totally S-L-A-C-K.com. free. Yeah. Yep. There's like a desktop app, too. Yeah, you're, you're not the first person to mention it. And I feel like it's something that's trending in this youth business social <clears throat> working yeah, remote great. arena. I think they have like some crazy evaluation right now. Oh, I think yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's such this like hot thing to be this kind of all-in-one solution as like a business thing. Uh, I think it's something insane. That so insane, know. millions, trillions, <laughs> one, trillions. Like maybe somewhere dollars. between the million and the trillion, maybe like a billion, <laughs> something like that. Great. Um, so, Marguerite, what's your favorite app? So, my favorite app is actually an app that Pam Louie, uh, Tech Bytes alumni, awesome, um, recommended to me, which is called Dark Sky. Oh, the and weather it, app. It is a paid weather app <laughs> because it turns out you have to pay for the real weather. And it is, like, accurate and awesome and the best thing ever. Are you a weather nerd on the low? I didn't know that. Uh, I became one with, with Dark Sky. There's a lot of cool features. You can see, like, like, the closest storm. But most importantly, it gives you, it's, like, really confident. Like, it's not like, oh, there's a 10% chance it's going to rain. It's, like, it's going to rain. Like, it's very, like... It knows what's up. And it uses your phone GPS to, to hyper-target the weather forecast specifically to you sitting here mm-hmm. in the studio yeah. in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Yep. So when Reverse. it says it is going to rain in 10 minutes, it's actually tracking something hyper-specific to your yeah, location. I have to like, sign a waiver, but it's, it's worth <laughs> it. Yeah. And it's four or five bucks, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, I think it was, Jack was looking for a weather app. So we went through a bunch of different weather apps for something specific. And Dark Sky was came highly recommended by a couple people, actually, and worth the $5. Yes. I think every time that the real weather tells you it's going to rain and the fake weather doesn't and you bring an umbrella and you don't get wet, that's like, what, 25 cents, 50 mm-hmm. cents yep. worth of, worth of yep. app. So. Absolutely. That's a good way to look at it. Amortize it down. <laughs> justify, justify it to myself. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's funny, though, because people think about 4 and $5 as being a huge amount totally. of money to pay for an yeah. app, but you'll spend $8 for a nice coffee. It's nuts. <laughs> That's true. So, Danny, what's your favorite app right now? Um, the one that I've been using a lot lately is Photo. P-H-H-H. <laughs> How many did I say? P-H-H-H-O-T-O. And it's kind of... Um, it makes four images consecutively, so it turns out like to be a, a GIF, in a way. You almost said GIF, I saw that. I was close. <laughs> really close. What's, what's the GIF, GIF is the peanut butter app. Approved uh, <laughs> language for, for, for GIF, or GIF. Well, GIF yeah. is the peanut butter app, okay. and GIF is the, uh, the photo app. There you go, it's GIF. So. so what's your handle on photo? Because I'm on photo, and oh, I really nice. love it, and my... Really, my only complaint about photo is I don't have enough friends to follow who are on it. Uh, so my stream is like three people plus all of the photo <laughs> things, and that's pretty much it. So I'm going to try and follow you. We're yeah. going to try and find you. Uh, you can just search uh, at Danny Carnahi. Silent J. <laughs> yeah, Silent J, thanks. Yeah, I only have one follower, too, so we're in the same boat. Can you spell your last name for people listening at home? Yeah, it is C-A-R-N-A-J-E. There you are. Excellent. Maybe he'll photo something today, and we can follow it. I think I'm about to do one right now. Doing one right now. Okay, excellent. Rebecca, what's your favorite app right now? Well, this is really embarrassing, but I have very limited um, storage space on my phone right now. <laughs> so I have like four apps, <laughs> and they're all really basic. So I would say, though, that while we were in the elevator coming here today, I did ask Marguerite what the weather was through her app. So I'm just like crowdsourcing my app knowledge to other people that have them. <laughs> I charge her 25 cents. Yeah. Uh, and that's so how you paid rent. for the... Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I have like Fly Delta, Waze, Uber... And Instagram. So the most important things for you then, your phone is sort of like if you were on a desert island and you could only have four apps, what would Mm -hmm. they be? Yours are basically travel (laughs) Mm -hmm. and And Instagram. Travel and photos. If I need something, I'll delete one of the other ones and then download it and then delete. (laughs) Like it's a trade-off scenario. (laughs) Helen's not surprised by this at all. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, I kind of do a similar thing with my phone, but not because I don't have memory, but because I only like to have one screen of apps, and I organize everything, and if I don't need them, I don't want them taking up space, so I get rid of them. So I add and subtract apps all the time. Um, and people wouldn't need to know that you don't have enough memory if you were like, I just, I'm minimal. <laughs> I'm recondoed my phone apps, and now I just have the ones that bring me joy. Yeah, we could edit that. Just start over. Just like, <laughs> Thanks, guys. So, Declan, do you have an app for us this week? Yes, I do. And uh, I know I usually have, like, um, a depressing, serious app to they're, share. You know what? They're not depressing at all. <laughs> they're actually very aware and, uh, I, I think, thoughtful for a young person. And actually, a friend of mine who listens to the show noticed how great and thoughtful and politically minded your apps were. And so you got a little bit of a shout out. Well, tell her, tell them thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I try to be uh, stay politically minded. But um, this week, I have a game, which is pretty fun. I don't usually play games on my phone, but it's a game that's based on a pretty popular series of games called Fallout, and it's called Fallout Shelter, and you sort of... It's like a dark, comedic game where you manage a Fallout Shelter in a post-apocalyptic America, and you just take care of people, and... Uh, 
it's pretty fun and i'm just having a lot of fun here uh, not doing any work and playing on my phone so yeah it's a great distraction <laughs> yeah. yeah that we we love to hear that you're in the back not doing any work that's awesome <laughs> liz do you have an app for us this week yeah Kind of keeping with my trends, when I have guest engineered the show, I'm going with another music app. Uh, this one is called Figure by Propellerhead, and basically it is a handheld music slash beat maker where you control making the music, the beat, all aspects of it, just with the touch of your finger. And it has a ton of cool sounds, and you can export your sounds if you really like it and you want to listen to it later, perhaps. Um, mostly for me, it's just a great way to pass time on the subway. <laughs> pass time on the subway. Yes. Not take up time while you're working. Well, he did save the <laughs> microphone earlier, so we got to give him that, right? Absolutely. It's worth noting that Liz is also a DJ, music producer. <laughs> Declan's a DJ. Jack, who was down at Bonnaroo, which is why he's not here, is also a DJ. So we have a lot of music people happening around the show, which is always fun. And at some point, I'm waiting for the day when all of my guests get stuck in traffic and on the L train, and we're just going to have like beatbox episode of Tech Bytes. It is bound to happen. <laughs> so we have lots of people in the studio today. Wait, and, what's your app? Oh, my app. Right. I was going to just segue because we had, you know, not a lot of time. So my app is a boxing timer app. And it's really great because you pick the round time that you want. You pick the break time in the middle. You set it for how many rounds you want to do. And even if you're not boxing or doing a sport like that, it's really great. I actually use it mostly for jump roping at the gym. And there's a lot of uh, talk about interval training at the gym where you train really hard for a while and then you take a break and then you train hard and you take a break. And part of what that's supposed to do is, um, you know, sort of keep your body guessing as to what it's doing so it doesn't get into a groove where it's being super efficient. You want it to kind of be inefficient to work really hard. But the other thing is you can also then start to track your recovery during the break time. So I use it when I jump rope at the gym and I jump rope for, you know, however many minutes and then I take the break. And then one of my, I actually use it in conjunction with a heart rate app so that during the break, I check my heart rate to see how quickly I can drop it from wherever it was down to lower because then that means I'm recovering better. So boxing timer combined with heart rate monitor, you know, your own little interval training Cool. trainer kind of thing it's good and the jump rope is good because i'm gonna you know when you travel or you go to different places you never know what they're going to have at the gym or not or you can be outside and you know jump roping is a pretty great fun full body sort of thing so that's part of my summer summer fit sporty spice thing <laughs> sporty spice. yeah i'm definitely in my sporty spice phase right now <laughs> so we have a full studio today and uh, they're kind of broken into, we have Helen and Danny, who are 0.0. And we have Marguerite and Rebecca, who are Momofuku. And part of what I do when I have guests come on the show is I ask them for just basic information, Twitter handles, emails, websites, so that we can promote the show and be in touch you know, later and after. And it was really noticeable that when I asked Helen for the 0.0 social media handles, 
I got 22 <laughs> things. Yeah, that sounds about right. I got websites, Facebook, Instagrams, YouTubes for 0.0 production, Mind of a Chef, uh, Meat Eater TV, Food Republic, you know, all these things. And then when I asked the Momofuku ladies for their social media handles and websites, I got four. <laughs> Now it's That's a worth, good observation. Yeah, but it's so zero point zero is a production company that has a lot of media underneath it, like Food Republic, which is website. They also do TV production for PBS Mind of a Chef, Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown on CNN, um, the other shows Meat Eater and Apex Predator, which are sort of hunting, fishing, gaming shows. So they have a lot of properties with a lot of interaction and a really big audience. Hence the twenty-two handles. Momofuku, though, is spanning three countries at this point, Australia, Canada, the United States, a wealth of restaurants, high-low, a very big branded chef in Dave Chang, as well as, you know, the spinoff medias with, you know, Lucky Peach and things like that. So the fact that, you know, they sent in four handles from Momofuku (laughs) by no means indicates the size and the power of the social media. So my question's out to everybody, because with all these interesting people, we could be here talking for days and days. How is it, what, what's the politic or the thought on the Momofuku side behind keeping everything super simple? The Momofuku handles are basically just at Momofuku instead of having Sambar, Co, Toronto, Australia, yeah, um, we're minimalist, like Rebecca's <laughs> phone. Uh, so I think we we basically uh, very intentionally kept everything uh, super consolidated. Uh, I think we find that across all of our restaurants, while, yes, there are different price points, different countries, there is a ton of overlap in terms of demographic uh, and people that are visiting the different spaces. Um, also, it allows us kind of to, like, I think, put out more content, as we kind of talked about, um, in a way that... Uh, maybe if it was just coming out of an individual restaurant, they wouldn't have the time or capacity. Um, but, for example, uh, you know, if there's a last-minute cancellation at Co and we have two seats or, you know, we have an update about something uh, happening at Noodle Bar, uh, being able to really kind of cross-promote all those different offerings uh, when you have closer to 100,000 followers <coughs> on Instagram versus if it was just an individual restaurant, it would be a much smaller uh, demo of people, has been like really great for us. And I think that while there are different demographics, there really is kind of a singular voice to our restaurants or our concepts. And I think dividing them at this point just doesn't really seem uh, to have as many advantages as keeping them together. So and to Helen... Same question. I, you know, as I said, you sent me 22 different social media <laughs> handles and outlets. Talk about the, sure. the strategy behind having so many. I think um, across all of our shows, you know, the underlying, the bottom line is, you know, we produce high quality content and storytelling is the first, you know, the most important thing. And the, it, but the different shows, I think for us is we look at them as different brands um, they have very different hosts, very different, you know, I think for uh, CBZ is known for mostly like food and travel television, but, you know, like Apex Predator, Mind, like Meat Eater is going to be very different from, say, Mind of a Chef. Like we're showing like bears getting torn up, you know, <laughs> like, he, like field dressing. I mean, like, you know, very real raw stuff that, you know, 
turns into food, and it, it is part of the food experience and whatnot. But it's not necessarily something that, say, the parts unknown, you know, audience is going to want to see, or the mind of chef audience is going to see. So I think it's important for us to have different voices. Like each brand has its own unique voice, um, and that's why we keep them separate. So it basically comes down to an audience question, where at Momofuku, generally, the audience is probably all the same, whereas at 0.0, the properties are distinct enough that you have different audience. Yes. I think, you know, something like Apex Predator or uh, Meat Eater, there's crossover. And so there's definitely, you know, we're posting on maybe both platforms, sharing, you know, videos and whatnot. But um, the audience for Mind of a Chef, which airs on PBS, and is different from, say... Meat Eater, which is a hunting show that, that is on um, Sportsman Channel. So, Well, we have to take a break now for our audience and listen to who's sponsoring the show and listen to some new music, and we will be right back. This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Cane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to Cane5.com. This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Well, if you've just tuned in and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. And once a week on Monday afternoons, we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today that food is... Food TV and restaurants, we have Helen Cho from 0.0 with her colleague Danny Karnahi. Thank you. And from Momofuku, we have Marguerite Marisol and Rebecca Palkovics. Thank you. <laughs> and we're talking about the distinction between the two properties. It's noticeable that Momofuku has really made a strategy and a point to consolidate everything internally and to sort of focus the power of their social media, where 0.0 has, you know, 20-plus different handles in different spaces because their audience demographic is really diverse. One thing that is noticeable about um, what, what happens when you separate things or consolidate things that way is in the Momofuku streams, you often don't know who the person is or you often don't know what restaurant is posting under Momofuku. That could be down at Cibo, that could be in Manhattan. Is that important for people to know or not really? 
Um, I think it's important when it comes to things, obviously, like offerings of where to go. Uh, but I think that we've made an effort uh, in terms of just the general content that's coming out. So whether it's a, an article about, you know, Japanese whiskey that, you know, uh, they are serving at Booker and Dax that's in the Times or uh, whether it's... Uh, you know, just kind of a, a lot of music stuff. Sometimes we put out um, music's a big part of our restaurants. Um, once again, uh, it's kind of general or it isn't really tied so much to a singular space. Um, it's more just kind of like uh, between the office and the restaurants, there's a lot of kind of overlap of things that we find interesting, things that we uh, talk about. So I think it's kind of a collective voice as opposed to originating at one space or from one manager. So a collective voice, you have the paper cut office, which is how would you describe that? Uh, it's a uh, group of people uh, based near <laughs> Union Square that does uh, a, a works with uh, all the restaurants globally, um, and it's divided into things like uh, finance, HR, PR, uh, operations, and kind of is like a support base for all of the restaurants. And then on the marketing and the PR side, it's the same group of people collectively that work across all the brands, so you really do have a uniform voice. Yeah. Or a cohesive voice. A cohesive voice is, is a I better think, way to say it. I think um, Alain Ducasse once said it's like each of his restaurants uh, is like a global uh, global vision with like local expression. So I would say that while we have uh, very distinctive voices, I think at each of the restaurants, they all kind of fit into this larger picture um, of what Momofuku is. And so, Helen, you just mentioned at the top of the show, you now have an outpost in... In Bozeman, Montana. In Bozeman, Montana. So the antithesis is happening at 0.0 where you have all these disparate people how do you manage and execute that then how important is it obviously is then very important to have a specific individual voice for that property out locally yeah the Bozeman Montana office we call it ZBZ West um, <laughs> and it, it we really you know um, started that division because we felt like there was you know um, an opportunity in the outdoor space um, you know, again, I think for us, it's about the storytelling and high quality production. So in, in hunting and fishing programming, um, you know, when we started Meat Eater, we have now, you know, built a, a pretty big brand with something that's so niche. And um, we want to continue and make other shows, you know, related to the outdoors and hunting and fishing. And, um, you know, there are lots of great talent out there that we've been working with. Um, so... Again, I think ZPZ West, if you go to the office, it's like a, a house yeah, that's got us, like... paint us a picture. Yeah, it's got I'm, like I'm an antler chandelier. In, I've actually not been to the new, new office. Um, I'm actually picturing one of those like ice hole fishing shacks or something no, no, like that. It's a you beautiful know? house, actually. I'm picturing like log cabin. I think it's an old whorehouse, but I think all the buildings in Bozeman are old whorehouses. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's... <laughs> um, very different from obviously you know our office in New York <laughs> looks out in the Empire State Building, which is you know complete opposite of of our offices in Bozeman. But and Danny, you manage the social media for the Mind of a Chef and the Food Republic side, which are completely different audiences. Right. Yeah. Um, again, I think it's just going upon like those are two different brands that we've had to deal with like ones that outdoors as well as where the other one is like food and travel essentially so kind of just have to hit on both sides of that and i think it's like for zpz production we know that the people who are following our account 
you know, we love our fans, we love our followers, but we know that there there's a part of them that's like a mega production nerd. You know, they want right. to see the camera. They want to know what camera we're using or, you know, you know, they want the what same lens, details, what technical details. Exactly. The same way people who follow chefs want to know what kind exactly. of knife right. that is, yeah. what kind of cutting exactly. board that is, where do you buy your chicken from? Right. So, you know, they'll ask very specific questions about production, like, oh, what track was that in this specific scene of this episode? Or, you know, they see, you know, we'll post behind the scenes mm -hmm. photos from shoots and it's like, oh, well, what, what, um, you know, camera system, what custom system is that or rig is that? Um, and so those are the kind of things that we're mindful of when we post on social um, from the ZPZ production account specifically. But So part of being you know, front runners in your industry. And I, I think we can say safely that Momofuku is a front runner in the restaurant industry. And I think we can say, you know, ZPZ is definitely a front runner in media. You have to constantly be smarter, faster than everyone else, I think, because you're under a lot more scrutiny. So when you are... Is it just sort of business as usual? Do you guys think about what the next thing is? Are you watching new social media or thinking about new ways to put out content? Or what's, what, what do you all have your eye on in terms of the thing that's coming next or the thing that you're interested in that you think is going to you know, be a, another, yet another differentiator? I think we're like very competitive, personally. Yes. At Excellent. So competitive within a healthy CPC way. or competitive? Both. both. Okay. But I think... You know, when we look at, we're constantly looking at you know, what other people are doing as well. But you know, but I think uh, we're you know we're like, damn it, why don't we come up with that idea? You know, so, but for example, like for with with uh, Meat Eater, I think one thing we noticed was it's on Sportsman Channel, and not everyone gets Sportsman Channel. I know I didn't get Sportsman Channel when we first started the show. So um, taking something like Meat Eater and putting it on a platform like VHX is like super strange in a way because you're like VHX is this awesome brand in Brooklyn that um, you're able to sell you know video content and when we did that we were like wow there's no hunting show on, on VHX there's no you know outdoor kind of series on VHX and that was a huge eye opener for us but you know something like that is just I think yeah trying to trying to keep up to date on on the latest social media but then kind of applying it to you know the specific brand or specific show Danny, how do you keep up to date on social media? What are you watching right now? Um, well, you know what? I think... How do I say it? Sorry. You just say it. Right. <laughs> you just say it. <laughs> well, the, the best thing is is that Helen is kind of giving me full reign to kind of explore what I, like, what I think is cool, even though it, it isn't essentially food-related. And you kind of just apply what... You know, she... She pretty much gives me, like the, gives me the full reign to kind of just go with my gut and kind of just find something that's cool and apply it to the ZPZ brand. So, what's an example of that? Where's your gut been lately? Um, the good one is um, we've been doing Facebook video a lot. Okay. And when we first started it, we were you know just kind of. This is gonna. We have to build out our YouTube. YouTube this. YouTube that. And I told Helen, I was like, I think we should just try putting some exclusive mind of a chef stuff specifically for Facebook, and do that for Food Republic as well. And that kind of gave us really big boost into our growth as 
you know, as ZPZ, as Food Republic, and as Mind of a Chef. I think that actually surprises me because I wouldn't say Facebook would be the place I would go for something hot and new, but yeah. It was. Well, I think it's also worth noting that ZBZ social media in general kind of started as an experiment. You know, I was like on a production path and was like one day like, oh, we're going to actually hijack the Facebook and social media accounts from this (laughs) other network that shall not be named. Um, And uh, we're like, fuck it. Like, let's just try putting stuff up that's interesting to us. And hopefully, yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, to our audience. But. So what's happening over at the paper cut office? What are you guys interested in? Um, Aside from fried chicken sandwiches, it's taking up a lot of oh a lot of the yeah. time. Um, I wish we had. So I good. should have you come back and we can do a whole episode on <laughs> Fuku and yeah. like what the strategy to launch that looked like or yeah. is looking like. Yeah, um, that's a, a whole other whole other show. Um, but uh, I think just I think Facebook's super interesting because I think we've kind of had a, a Facebook renaissance uh, as well. Um, I think video content on Facebook is like the fastest growing um, demo that they have actually, uh, and more people watch video on Facebook than like you know infinitely other places. Uh, and Dave actually uh, somewhat recently uh, you know got onto Facebook, and really it's interesting for us because it's a totally different demo of people. Also, I don't know if you guys experience this, but it's not the same people that are on Twitter. It's not the same people that are necessarily on Instagram. It's like this whole other world of people that all kind of want this same content um, or different content. And really, we've been like trying to tap back into that because for a while we were we were really not on the Facebook train. I would say, as as your comment, yeah. Uh, indicated. And with food, you know, I think Facebook also is realizing how much totally because you know, they just launched the food on Facebook page. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think they're realizing as well. Waiting to see how that's going to come out. I mean, so far it just looks like they have guests posters for a week, and it's all the people you would expect who are wonderful. You know, Mario, Ina Garten, all that kind of stuff, and they're just doing their thing. Um, but I'm waiting for them to do something different or something that we haven't seen before. Rebecca, you tend to hone in on the more graphic and art side, no? Um, no, I mean, I would say Marguerite really handles that as well. I mean, I, I do more marketing and PR for us, um, so we'll work hand-in-hand hand on things. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's interesting what Helen was saying. Like, I think for us, like, a lot of things are just about experimenting, too. Um, and, you know, I think we always try to play devil's advocate and really look at what we're doing and think if there's another way that we would be able to do that better or at least just try something different. Uh, Marguerite can speak more towards that, but I mean, that's definitely, I think, a place that we drive from too. Um, yeah, I think I think what's interesting for us just being a restaurant and not being a media company and being kind of this brick and mortar space, I think we are still, it's fascinating for us how much we're kind of integrating, whether it's tech, digital, uh, social media into the restaurant space. So it's gone from being this kind of extracurricular activity, as Helen said, to being kind of integral to how we're launching concepts, how we're doing uh, promotion for different events, um, you know, design, social, all of that is kind of the core of it, as opposed to being like, oh, did we tweet about that thing? Um, So that just since I've started has really kind of changed um, fundamentally as to how the brick and mortar and the digital interact with each other. It takes so much time doing all the social media and following it and looking at it. It's just, it's amazing how much time it takes. Yeah. Um, And and we are actually out of time and it goes by so quickly. But before we go, I want to ask Danny one question and I think it's on his Twitter page on his bio. It says, do not call me a social media guru. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's just a, a label that people love giving themselves. Just like, hey, I'm really good at this. You know, anyone can do it. 
you just have to experiment. You just have to find what's cool. But you know, labeling yourself as such is just. <laughs> Well, it's also like it's kind changing so much. Head, you know, anyone who claims that they're a guru, you're like, yeah. well, something just dropped tomorrow. So it's like SEO experts. Yeah. yeah. Right. So guru and SEO experts are in the past. We're going to go around the room <laughs> and say, like, what's out? And you could what's say out? social media guru. And okay. then you could say what's in social media ninja. Mm. <laughs> Which I don't think is actually in, but I was just using that as an example. Social what's ninja. out and what's in? All right. What's out? Social media. Social media guru. maven. Or, yeah, Ooh. maven. Social media or maven out. What's expert. in? Or what do they say? What's in, though? What's what would in? you What would you call yourself? I like social media consigliere. Oh, that's Ooh. good. Yeah, that's I like good. that going, one. Going for the mob, the, mob, the mob side, <laughs> the mafia side. Okay. Yeah? What about you ladies? Oh, man. I just used my SEO line. And then <laughs> okay. SEO <laughs> expert out. What's in? Hmm. Rebecca, do you got? Mm. I mean, I'm really into gratuitous hashtags at all times. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like five years behind everyone else. But the funny thing, though, is that the power of social media and the whole reason why it runs is because you do label everything. You give everything a handle. You give everything a hashtag. So inherently, it kind of has to be labeled. And it's sort of the ultimate you know, high school arbiter of in and out clicks and likes and dislikes that you know, you might not like the label because you think it's passe, but you're kind of building your own new labels as a measure of success. So if you don't want to be story. the social media guru, what do you want to be? What are we going to put on the T-shirt? <laughs> I, you know, I, that's, I've never really thought of that. King I, of karaoke. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know we if all I'm want that, that title. <laughs> we'll yeah. fight for it. Yeah, that's that's another episode where we're going to have to see who's going to be king, crowned king of karaoke. Well, me and Margaret or Queen. Have a, you know, we've got a song, so okay. we've got our our jam down. Yeah, we you might have to do Tech Bites karaoke <laughs> episode. <laughs> well, I want to thank all my guests for coming out to Bushwick, Brooklyn. Helen, Danny, Marguerite, and Rebecca, and then the folks in the booth for making this a really exciting, jam-packed episode of Tech Bites with a lot of good stuff. You'll have to all come back because I feel like we have a lot more stuff to talk about and a lot more pizza to eat. Oh, yes. Mm. If you liked the show, come back on Mondays at 1 p.m. on heritageradionetwork.org. If you really loved it, click the donate button on the website and throw us, you know, a couple of bucks. Like, whatever you spent on coffee today. Send it our way so we can make more shows. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bites. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.